A vision without execution is just a dream. Welcome to Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. Like the show title says, Chris speaks with transformative experts and business leaders who share their successes, failures, and leadership tips that will help you transform your business into a success story. Now, here's your host, Chris Elias. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Transformative Experts. Today, I have with me uh, Genevieve Pitaro. Uh, Genevieve, welcome. Thank you, Chris. So Genevieve is an author of, um, of a really an interesting book, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. Uh, it, and it's, it's, really, it's, it's really a great book on, um, you know, finding your meaning and purpose in life. I mean, it's going, going much, much deeper. Uh, but, you know, you didn't just start out your career with writing a book. You've got, you've got a really cool history that got you to where you are today. And um, being that our, our listeners don't know who you are, and before we get into some of the other things, share with us your story. Sure. No, I'd never set out to write a book. It was the the end of 20 years, the first 20 years of um, the story of um, an amazing journey. I, I never thought I would start a nonprofit. I wanted to be Mary Tyler Moore. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I wanted to be the single New York girl climbing up in an entertainment role in, in TV. And, and that's what I was doing. And it was really, it was strange because I was First of four in an Italian household, expected to get married and have kids. But I just wanted to be that workaholic. <laughs> That's what it ended up being. I just, I just did love it. And 12 years in, working in New York City and living you know, a- alone, but having uh, fun adventures, in a quiet afternoon, I heard a voice that came from a place I'd never heard it. It didn't come from that jabbering brain, that head voice. It came from a deeper place. And I, I call it now our heart voice. And it was, my, it was my heart sort of nudging me. And it asked me a question in this, in this definite whisper, but clear as day. The question it asked me was, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? Wow, that really stopped me in my tracks. And everything, all the answers just rolled off my tongue. I I said it out loud to myself alone in that apartment. And I said, no, I'm a workaholic. I am alone. It means nothing other than the fun life and I think I'm having. And I said, there's no real purpose. I'm not doing anything for anybody or to do anything to change anything or make anyone's life different. And I realized also really quickly that being alone, there was a lesson that my parents tried to instill in all of us that family was the most important thing. And although I didn't have that get married, have kids gene, I realized I was missing children in my life. And I thought, how can I bring children into my life in a way that I can, you know, I can love it, but still manage to be a responsible person with with bills and a job. And I called some shelters and asked if I could come and read to the children at night. And that was pre-9-11 when that was possible. Yeah, I could yeah. call and say, I'm a nice person. Can I come and read there? And they answered, yes, you sound like a nice person. Come on in. And I did. And I brought children's books. And it was the most peaceful, the most grounding I ever felt. And there was this bond And it was silent because the children had been from all kinds of of sad, difficult situations brought into these emergency shelters by police and social workers. And it was just the first stop of many for them. And I didn't know much then. I know now more. But I sat there quietly reading the stories to these dozen or so children, so quiet, listening intently. And then the staff would put them into another room to go to sleep. Time and time again, I just did the exact same thing with different kids and different stories. One night, I decided to follow because I wanted to see where they were going to sleep at night. When I peered in, Chris, it broke my heart. I saw a room with futons and couches, two or three children helped up onto a surface, nothing to change into. Some of them were crying. Their clothes were were tight. It was always the same thing. It was just all wrong. And when I saw that, all these memories of my bedtime. Now, I'm standing there as a 36, 37-year-old woman. Yeah. 
memories of my bedtime with my mom and my sister in my room and my brothers in their room, the laughter and the cookies and milk and the don't leave and tell us another story. And of course, pajamas. And these children were sleeping in their clothes. They didn't have any pajamas to change into. So when the staff sort of nudged me out, because I think I was just shocked staring at this room, I asked if I could bring pajamas the next time. And they thought that was a lovely idea. And I did. And I sat reading the stories with my bags of pajamas. And then I asked the children to stand up in a line in front of me because I had a surprise for them. And one by one, I pulled out a pair of pajamas that I thought would fit the child there in front of me. And when I got to the middle of the line, the little girl stood about up to my hip. And she had a soiled top on and very short sort of floods for pants and huge sneakers. And her, her ponytails were lopsided. And she'd been quiet like all of them all night. And she, she just looked so afraid. I tried to give her the pajamas and I said honey these are for you they'll fit you take your pajamas and she just started shaking her head so hard no 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 and I was taken aback I didn't know why she was saying no yeah I thought she didn't hear me right I said honey these are for you these you'll you'll like them I promise they're so soft and again she just started shaking her head no 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 so they came to take her to go to the other room with the other kids, and she made it known she wanted to watch me give them to the other kids. So they let her stand and watch me, and one by one I gave them to the other kids, still holding on to hers, and I went one more time when she was the only one left there. And this time I knelt down, and I explained again, honey, these pajamas are for you. You can keep them. They're so soft, and they're pink just like your shirt. I know you must like pink. And I rubbed them on her hand so she could feel how soft. I said, don't you want to take your pajamas? And she whispered to me, what are pajamas? Hmm. What are these? And Chris, I, 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 I couldn't believe I held it together. I didn't want to cry because I didn't want her to think she made me cry. And I explained pajamas to this little girl. I told her she could change from the clothes she was wearing. And I asked her what she usually wore to bed, and she pulled on her pants, and she said, my pants, and she shrugged. And I explained, you can wear these, and I know they'll fit you, and you can keep them and wear them every night. And the staff helped her put them on, and she gave me the littlest smile, and that was it. I was obsessed, and that was 20 years ago. This is our 20th anniversary. This is 20 years ago. And, and changed your life. Did you did you leave the corporate world at that point? Did you make this your 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 purpose, or was this something you continued to do? Kind of, I, I hate to say on the side. It's become more than that. But 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 what was what was it for you then? It was it was on the side. I was obsessed, and it was a secret because I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand why I didn't care about this job that was everything to me. You know, months before, I didn't understand how I could do this full time. I didn't understand what would happen to me financially if I just jumped. Of course, that's all I was thinking about was just walking away. I just couldn't keep lists, enough lists of all the children. And once I started giving the pajamas to the kids, all the shelter staff were calling, asking for more. They were telling their friends who were in other shelters. And I just couldn't say no. That phone was ringing. And at that point, you couldn't bring a phone, your personal phone to the office. Yeah. And I was hiding all of this and trying to literally lead two lives. And, you know, I, I'm really honest in, in storytelling and in my speaking and in my book, it was, it was so difficult to not, to not to be afraid of, of jumping with nothing, but knowing that that day was coming, that I was just going to have to close my eyes, hold my nose and jump into the water, into the deep end. And through lots of tossing and turning and decision-making um, and hiding what I was doing and for fear of being fired, um, yeah, it led up to me taking that jump and just trying to swim until I could just, you know, breathe. So for fear of being fired, that, that's really interesting. So following mm -hmm. a passion, especially a passion that, that, that is giving to others the way that you have, Tell me a little bit about that fear for uh, about being fired. What was it about your place that made made you feel like what you were doing wasn't acceptable? 
Oh, well, because, well, I knew that my heart and my my working brain wasn't really there. I was making a mess of things. I was, I was just, my boss didn't know what had happened. And I was pretty lucky because at that point, he was out of town most of the time. But the days when he was there, I was hiding everything I was doing. And I'm sure whatever answers I gave were subpar because the amount of stares and and looks of confusion he gave me really told me he knows something is wrong and I had no explanation. I was sending the things that I was supposed to send to people. I was messing up all the packaging. I was putting the wrong things in there. I was leaving early. I was taking long lunches. I had no explanation. No one asked me questions. I think that they they, they were so confused, I think, because I was such a workaholic. They, they figured maybe it would, something was happening and it would end and I would be okay. Yeah. But I knew I was getting so close to, to being fired. And I still wasn't ready to come clean and say, this is what I'm doing. You know, maybe we could figure something out. I wasn't ready. The, the one person I took a chance and told looked at me like I had six heads and I write about and I talk about the naysayers that those questions she bombarded me with, what are you doing? Why would you leave your career? Why do you think this even makes a difference to these children? It really set me back. And I had, I had no, no reason to feel that any boss would, would say the same or even embrace it. Like I had those crazy ideas. Maybe they would want to help, but I never got that far. I never trusted it. So did it really, did it, did those naysayers, because we all have naysayers when we want to do something different. I mean, it's it just, it's, it's, it, there's always the people, maybe they think they're protecting you. I, I think people usually have good intentions, but, but people will also project their own value systems on you. So, I mean, the concept of why would you even do this? You can't make a difference and all that stuff. That was certainly a belief system of this person. Um, that, did, it, did it create doubt or did it actually make you more resolved? It created doubt. And I, and I think I learned... And, I, and it's some of the advice if anyone asks me, and I, and I help people all the time, and I do strategy sessions with them, and it's one thing that's at the top of the list. You need to gather your cheerleaders if you're going to make a major chain, change first, because I didn't. And I, I, could, I would never have thought in a million years anyone would say that, let alone someone who knew me. And it was like punch after punch after punch, and I had no answers. And she was challenging me, and I had no answers. I just saying how excited I was about doing this. And can you believe this little girl didn't know what pajamas were? And all these people are calling, and it's amazing just to have that quiet time with these children to reach out. She didn't get any of it. And it, it one question by one question by one question was knocking me down. And it really. Of course, I had doubts before I even had that, you know, that dinner date with her. And it brought all those doubts, all those fears, everything that already was, you know, in my mind. It brought it out more loud, louder than ever. And it wasn't until I made my way out before dinner. I made an excuse. I couldn't even breathe. I was just so knocked out until I started to tell a couple of people close to me who rallied for me, had the opposite reaction, just trusted that, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to make it work. It's like, wow, the light was shining. So I, I always say, you've got to get those cheerleaders in place. They'll help you up. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it's very important. I, I think about when, when I left the corporate world to start, um, and, and uh, you know, I was fortunate, there was kind of a, a natural point at which I could do it. The company was sold, and I, I didn't really want to go on with new people, but I know I shocked a lot of people, and I hadn't told many people other than my, my wife and a, and a couple closest friends, but, but even my best friends were, you know, started to ask, well, what are you going to do and how are you going to do it? And did you think about this? And all I can remember is, is my only answer was, I don't know. Right. But I, I, I knew that it was important to do something different because I wasn't passionate about what I was doing before. And, and I think the story that you share is really a great example in that it's hard to serve two masters. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's hard if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, 
putting out high quality work is always going to be diff- difficult. I mean, it, everybody's got great capabilities, but you know, is it just a job where you're going through the motion to get a paycheck or do you love what you do? If you love what you do, it's always better. We always coach organizations, find people who are passionate about what they do, passionate about what you do as an organization and they'll always be your best. They'll always be your best people. And I can't imagine but but it's, it's one thing to not be passionate about what you're doing and to know that something's not right and either to be brave to make a change or not. I mean, these are decisions that we make. I think it's another thing to be stuck and know what your passion is, but not have made that leap yet. I, I think that that's got to be a much, much more difficult place to be. I agree with you. And I talk about the jump versus the slide, you know, especially during difficult times, if you can't make the jump, then I, I say you've got to slide whatever your passion is, whatever your hard voice is telling you and nudging you toward, you've got to slide it into your life in some way, even an hour a week, and it will just bring you the most joy and the most peace and not just change your life, but change everybody in your, in your life because they will feel that energy. So I, I agree with you 100%, Chris. So I'd like to actually explore the, the concept of that slide a little bit more. Uh, we sure. have to take a quick break. Um, so the radio station can do what they're going to do. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back with Genevieve. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Mexicute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit nexecutegroup.com. That's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E group.com. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of the Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back with Genevieve. Genevieve, uh, before we went to the break, you know, we, we were talking about kind of, you know, serving two masters and making the change and how hard it, how hard it is. And, you know, you, you actually use the, the, the term, the slide. So jump, jump is an easy one to understand. I have decided I'm no longer going to do what I'm going to do and I'm going to jump and go do something else. The slide's a little trickier because it, in, you, you still have to navigate doing your best, I think, in both cases. And, and I remember I had this, uh, this old friend, I haven't talked to her in years, um, but she wrote a book, uh, Mitchell wrote a book called uh, Choose Change Before Change Chooses You. And, and it's, it's, it's about that moment of recognition that I need to be doing something different. And, and until that point, if I don't change, um, you know, if my work slides, if other things occur, somebody might fire me. I mean, it's like you said, you were afraid of being fired. So it, it brought up all these memories. Can you describe to me a little bit about the slide? And, and, and I mean, how, how can that be, how can that help somebody in work if they're not ready to make that jump? And what's a really effective way to slide into something new? Sure, sure. Well, I, I call it the slide because it's a little easier to get there and it should be a lot of fun and it's certainly less stressful. So, if you have a job that you need to keep and that's, uh, you know, valid families and, and, you know, bills and things like that, and maybe you enjoy your, your life, but there is that nudging, whether it's playing an instrument or maybe um, volunteering at a senior center or at a dog shelter or working for any, any nonprofit or a side business you love to write. If you can take an hour at the minimum once a week, 
and immerse yourself in that love, in what your heart voice is telling you, I'm here, this is me, this is what you, you need to be doing. Bring it into your life. You can spend an hour, even if you can't go out, reading about it, talking to people in the field, giving that passion, that joy a voice, sharing it with someone, learning about it. It fills you like you, you would never, never know if you don't try. We've put so much on the back burner. And for so many of us, that passion is on the back burner. And when times are hard, it goes further back. And I'm saying slide it further in because it will bring the joy that's missing in those difficult times. It'll bring you that joy. It'll fill you. It'll change how you feel about everything else in your life. And it might not be 100% wonderful, but giving that gift to yourself is so extraordinary and has the power to change your outlook, to change your attitude. And you might just see a path from that slide where you can make a shift when you are when you're ready or when the time is right but for the slide take it for what it is feel it do it for an hour a week and if you want to do it for more then more power to you yeah you know you you, you really hit on a good point I, you know first of all following your passion doesn't mean every day is going to be a great day i mean there's hard days and sometimes following your passion is a very very hard path uh but it also doesn't have to be a full-time job, right? I mean, there are passions that we have that, that you know what, maybe we'll want to keep them something that we enjoy and we don't want to make a career out of it. And this is certainly a way of doing it. So, I mean, in your particular case, it really, it, it hits you hard and you went out and you formed a nonprofit around the whole thing and, and, and um, have, are, you know, have built up something really wonderful. Uh, but for somebody else, they may have a passion and may, maybe they love what they do as well. And to take just an hour a week or two hours a week and just focus on it or, you know, half a day on a weekend here and there um, can fulfill that passion as well. Yes, I agree. And it, it will change you. It will change how you see see everything else. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wonder if if we do focus on our happiness enough. And it's not about the selfish happiness. It's not about the things per se, but it's about the things that feed our soul. It's about the things mm-hmm. that we do. And, um, you know, in, in these times in particular, when it seems like so much negative energy and negative news, having something powerful that, that's, that you can focus on is important. Mm-hmm. So it is, it makes everything different. So everything. the, um, the nonprofit, Let's let's talk about that for a couple of minutes, and uh, you know I, I want to highlight it because you guys are really doing like I said, some excellent things. It's not just pajamas; it's pajamas and books. Um, tell me a little bit about how that's going, and what's it like to lead that organization. Um, well, it's been this is our twentieth anniversary, and I'm obviously the founder, and I was the founder and executive director for most of the time. And when I decided to write a book and to speak full time, because those twenty years I was speaking as much as I could and running the organization, um, I said to our board, you know, I'm best telling our story and I'd like to have us hire an executive director who can do what's needed to sort of take my baby to college. And we did, we hired a great executive director. And so I get to do what my favorite part is tell the story about the little girl and talk about the children that I met and how, the impact of a pair of pajamas and a book uh, affects them and affects all the people who are part of pajama program. There are tens of thousands of people one by one, some who've made an incredible difference to the, the route we took, some who have made the life, the bedtime of a child more comforting and loving. And it's just so much about the, all of us sharing the story. And and whenever I tell the story about that little girl from one person to a group of people, it's a magical story because that little girl is in all of us. We all have that, that lonely, vulnerable piece. And when I tell it, it's almost like she's telling it to, to the person or the people. And that's, that's been an incredible part of everything that's that up to today. And now for pajama program and everything moving forward it's i I say the best place to find it is is on our website pajamaprogram.org and you can see all the bedtime 
routine education that we're now doing, which is being led by our, our fabulous um, and, and tiny staff, but it's, it's, it's growing and, and sort of the bedtime has become our niche. So, you know, uh, growing in tiny staff, as you had mentioned, how, how many people do you have employed right now? Um, well, in this time, because of the quarantine, the pandemic, we can't bring the children into our reading centers. So we're, we're at eight working from home, doing um, a lot of the reading on social media for any of the children that can see it. But um, it, everybody's working so hard and you can see everything if you follow pajama program on social media and by looking at the website. But, you know, I, like like everyone, we are doing our best and the staff's doing their best. And, and Amy is executive director, keeping everything together and on track and still pajamas and books go out every day. Have, um, have, have your funders still stayed on? I mean, have, have you had any, you know, a lot of people have pulled back and I mean, my, my wife works with a, a, a not-for-profit here in the area and, and I mean, in some cases they've seen that some people have, have pulled back funding or have slowed down or, or any of that. Um, have you guys been able to get the word out and keep the mission going? Is, is the funding still flowing? Everybody's doing the best we can and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to be out there as the founder with the story and I know Jamie and the team are doing everything and um, so far, knock wood, you know, with some, some hard work and prayers, people are, are finding us and people are supporting and we've been able to keep so many people for, for all these years. So, again, um, it's, it's all of us. And, and I'm, I'm always mentoring other nonprofits, too, yeah. about the good times and the bad times. You know, I went through the recession, and somebody said, let's go bowling. And, and I said, we're never going to make money bowling. I don't even like to bowl. This was the recession. We, we were down to, you know, counting dimes and nickels in, in 2007. Yeah. And that bowling event was just a, a miracle. And it wasn't because we raised millions of dollars. It was because of the camaraderie and the rallying and that's what i think you know we have to remember now we have to rally for each other yeah you know um it's funny because nonprofits. i we, we do some work with nonprofits, and i've got a lot of friends who are nonprofits of, of all types and servicing all kinds of groups and some are doing you know everybody's hurt a little bit right now but some are doing better than others and i and i think that one of the things that separates the the really um uh, well-performing, I, I would say, you know, when, when it comes to resource development, which, you know, for, for those of you who may not know the, the nonprofit world, resource development's the, the, the lingo for how we raise our money and volunteer hours and all those things. But the, the ones that, that create the greatest connection get the greatest return. And storytelling is a very, very important part of it. So when, when you mentioned about getting bringing the executive director in so that you can go out and be the storyteller, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to, to maybe spend a few minutes and talk about some of the tactics of operating a nonprofit, you know, uh, because I think, that, I think it's true in, in for-profit businesses. Connection is important. People want to feel connected to where they work. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do you get the story out and how have you replicated yourself in getting the story out? Well, and when I started, I was just so amazed that I found out there were children who didn't have pajamas. Now, what a stupid thing, but I was oblivious, you know, and I, and I learned and I, and I was embarrassed that I had to learn about what some of these children were going through. So I think when I told it to people, my passion just, I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. And I was, I was just so upset that, that there was this issue that children had to sleep in their clothes and that it was such a simple thing. You know, come on, we can do this. We can get pajamas at least to the children in our area. Mm-hmm. I had no idea we'd grow to 63 chapters around the U.S. in 20 years. It was never my plan. It just did because I think, like you said, it's heart to heart. It's that heart connection. Who who can't understand a child who's afraid to, to say, what are these? I don't know what pajamas are. Who, who doesn't feel that loneliness? Who doesn't want to rush to say, oh my gosh, I have to leave now to go to the store to buy pajamas so you can give them to children. I found pajamas on my doorstep. I still do. Because it's the, the rawest of emotions that we feel that we don't talk about, that all of us feel. I feel like 
I was, I know what she felt. There's something in me that has that hole. And I think that that's the case for maybe all of us or a good number of us who don't have it together all the time. Yeah. There's that yeah. child in us that hurts. And to, to understand that pain that she had in her is heartbreaking, I think, for, for us. So, um, you know, back to a comment you made earlier about finding cheerleaders, and you might not have had the cheerleaders early on, but you got them now. I mean, you don't get to 64 chapters without cheerleaders. Does every, does every chapter have an executive director? Is that how it works? No, we have one executive director, okay. and they're all volunteer chapters, and they all have their own volunteers, and they are responsible for um, having the pajamas and the books through drives, and then, of course, uh, headquarters helps them, and then getting them to the children locally. So they're all, they all have some of their own wonderful creative ideas, some fundraise, some don't. But again, every chapter needs more volunteers, and, and you can go on pajamaprogram.org and find where your chapter is and find out what's going on there and, and get involved that way. But, yeah, it's, it starts with a story. For all of us, like you said, it's even in a business. If you have, you know, the first conversation with someone and you can relate and something you say resonates with them, then, you know, they could become a client. They, they get it. You're on the same page. Yes, yes. And um, if I don't have a chapter in my area, we can probably reach out and say, how do we start one? Exactly. Yes. So again, you know, there's, there's, you've got both the, the getting the word out about the kids themselves and the need, but also the need to expand this. And, and that's something that's, that's done through storytelling and, um, and sharing and, and hopefully tying together. And so that's it, it, excellent, excellent approach. Um, you know, as I think about things, there's, there's a, a lot more that I want to go down. We're, we're already coming up on our, our next break. We're about a minute away and I want to explore a little bit you know, as we come back, uh, get kind of into the book, moving into moving into that and what, what you were trying to accomplish with it and how it can help people out and maybe even take a look at some of the things that can help people follow their passion and, and purpose. We touched on a little bit of that before, but, um, but, you know, before we, before we jump off and, and we'll probably do this again, but I want to, I do want to reiterate, uh, you know, you guys have a great nonprofit going. Um, it's uh, pajamaprogram.org. Yes. Pajama program spelled just the way it sounds. Right. And, um, you know, hopefully some of our listeners will, will, will buy into this and understand it. We all have causes that we, we, we like to support. And if, um, if children's causes, especially children who are in, in bad situations, if that's your cause, uh, this is as good a organization as, as I've come across. So, um, you know, check them out. And, uh, so we're going to, we're going to break for another minute or two here. We'll be back and, um, and we'll talk about how to, you know, transfer, transform your life and become more personally purpose-driven and follow your passion. So um, be back in just a couple of minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. True results happen where culture meets execution. The Execution Culture, co-written by our host, Chris Elias, is designed to make your company smarter, faster, and stronger by sharing real-world advice on culture, leadership, and execution. It's time to transform your business with the help of the Execution Culture. The book is available now on Amazon. Click the link on the show page. Is your company or team struggling to achieve the results you would like? Optimize your life, your team, and your organization through clarity, purpose, and action. At Mexicute, we have over 100 years of combined experience leading organizations and coaching individuals to achieve their vision. We design a customized approach to ensure successful execution and optimize your results. Connect better. Grow better. For a free consultation with Chris Elias, visit nexecutegroup.com. That's N-E-X-E-C-U-T-E group.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Transformative Experts with Chris Elias. If you have a question or a comment about the show, please send an email to listener at transformativeexperts.com. 
Now, back to Transformative Experts. And we're back one last time with Genevieve. Genevieve, um, you know, while we were over the break, we, we were talking about the program. And, and before we shift over to, to the book and the things that are so powerful in it uh, that can help our listeners out, um, tell, tell me again. So you, you have benefited a lot of kids. How many, how many pajamas have gone out? Oh, well, we're more than 7 million new pajamas and new books have been provided to children across the U.S. uh, from infants to 18 in this time. So um, 63 chapters have gotten this done, and it still blows my mind to say it. You can hear me stuttering. I still can't say more than 7 million without, uh, you know, choking up. I I can't believe it, but it's, it's to the credit of so many thousands and thousands of people that is just so incredible a great story so uh you know obviously that was a catalyst for you and um you know the that event of the the little girl in the pajamas and and started all of this but it's also caused you to take kind of the next step and so so i mentioned at the beginning of the show that you're the author of a book purpose passion and pajamas and if we maybe move away from the pajamas piece a little bit uh, this book is is really a helpful piece for somebody who is maybe not completely happy in their life and looking to make a change and and uh, one of the concepts that you talk about is 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 the the you know what what was formerly called the power of one, and you've made some shifts to it. So uh, you know, could you share with our audience, um, you know, it's the, maybe the basis of the book itself, and, and talk a little bit about um, your shift on on the original the power of one to what it is today in your mind? Sure, sure, yes. Um, well, the subtitle to me was what I wanted to share. I named the book like you said, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. And the subtitle is How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection, and Lead with Meaning. And that's because those are the three things that happened that I learned in these 20 years. And because of the inspiration of tens of thousands of people who wanted to support us and who helped all of us and the children every step of the way, I wanted to to give back some of the life lessons, leadership lessons that I learned. I knew nothing when I started. And through it all, there have been individuals who have shown up, who have been just magical in taking us to the next step. You know, and I talk about so many of them and what they did from the man who called me early on, who had heard what I was doing when I was just doing it alone. And he started asking me, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? How'd you think of that? Do you really think it's helping these kids? I was so afraid. I didn't know who he was. And then he, he realized he was scaring me. And he said, I don't want to scare you. I was one of those little boys in an orphanage. And I cried. Bedtime was my most awful, awful time. I cried at bedtime because I didn't have a mom. And it's just, it's just people like that who took me to the next level when I was doubting, is this really going to make a difference to anyone? To, to the man who, when Hurricane Katrina hit, said, I have a truck, Jen, if you have pajamas, let's get it down there to all those families who have children and just a Tupperware full of their belongings. We got 11,000 pairs of pajamas on that truck, Chris. It was just people sending pajamas to us, to the loading dock. It was amazing. Went down there and I, I just, I blogged and emailed and more people, second truck had to go down full of pajamas for those kids. And, you know, somebody showed up and said, I have a space if you want to work out of a space so that you can accept these deliveries. That was amazing. A little cubicle that was a lifesaver. So many people. And, of course, Oprah. You know, I mean, I got a call out of the blue, a dream, more than a dream, that, you know, is a life changer. So at the end of all of this, I said this, I started keeping notes. I said, this is amazing. And the best thing I can do besides telling the story, is offer the lessons I learned that are so simple, but I was in such a rush, and so many of us might be like that, in such a rush, we don't realize what's really important to share and, and how to, to bring people along and how to, to talk about things. So at the end of each chapter is a heart of the matter section with the life lessons. And to what you asked me, I realized, you know, and I heard it too. Oh, the power of one. Look, you're one person. You did this. And I used to say the same thing, you know, one person, you know, Oprah, Deepak Chopra, Einstein, all these people have an idea. The power of one's incredible. But no, 
it's not the power of one that changes things. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. So it's, it's very different for me now when I think of power of one. That word one another is, is the truth. And so how do you, how do you tap into that? How, you know, you know, there's some of this came to you naturally, but, um, you know, if, if we were reading the book out loud right now, what would be, what would be a couple of things that, that our listeners could, could take away and maybe as soon as they stop listening to this program, start putting in place for themselves. Um, you know, share, share a couple of the points out of the book and some of the how to's. Yep. There are two. First, listen to your heart voice. It's there. Some of us know we've been ignoring it. Some of us get those nudges. Some of us push it down for whatever reason. Don't have time. Don't have money. Too much on my plate. Not now. Later. Those things are nudging us for a reason. We all have a purpose and it's that heart voice. And it will talk to us if we give it permission. If we say, I'm listening. I want to know what my purpose is. I want to know what brings me joy. Sit down quietly, talk to yourself, take a piece of paper and a pen and a glass of wine or a cup of green tea and make a list of the things that bring you joy. And the more you do that, the longer that list gets, the more your voice will speak up and you will narrow it down to two, I promise you, two things that you will look at on that list and you will say those two things are what my heart voice is calling me to do. And it could be anything, like we said before. It can be gardening. It could be being a teacher, changing everything and going to law school. It could be anything. That's the first thing. You have to listen to your heart voice. And then whatever it is, you have to share it. You have to tell your story. You have to ask people, what are you, what's your story? Why are you doing this? Can I share what I learned? The more we share that true purpose, that true heart voice, we're going to connect heart to heart. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Well, and we have to be careful of the naysayers again, right? Not to keep circling back, but um, sharing that voice can be difficult. I mean, I, I'll just, I'll put it out there. And, uh, you know, there are people that are more closed off. There are people that don't want to put things out. I mean, let's face it, it, it takes a certain amount of vulnerability or willing to be vulnerable, willingness to be vulnerable, I should say, to, um, to put, Put that out there because and people can say to you, that's crazy or no, or, you know, well, have you thought about this? And, you know, there's no way. I mean, you know, you shared that example of, of, of the naysayers. And so, so sharing is not so easy because of the, the requirement to be vulnerable to do so. How would you, how would you help somebody get over that fear? Um, you know, you have to do it sooner or later or it's going to spill out. And, and if you, if you don't do it, you're, you're holding in an incredible key to a lock that will unlock that, that awful place that you've put yourself, that box you've put yourself in by not sharing it. So if you get your cheerleaders in place and you know who they are, you can find one or two right away. If you think about who loves you and who wants you to succeed if you have those, then the naysayers can say what they want. You'll be able to get up much quicker. I do, I do a whole chapter on, on that. But, you know, I used to say the only way is, is feel the fear and do it anyway. And it's true. But I heard, and I'm a fan of the kitschiest, sappiest love stories on movies. And in one of them, one of, one of the um, stars, actors said to the other in, in the show, sometimes you have to do it afraid. And I said, wow, from this schmaltzy movie, it's so true. Sometimes you just have to do it afraid. And it sort of freed me. And I hope it frees somebody else out there. Because I don't know that there's a way to erase it. Every time you do something you're afraid of, it's easier to do it again. That helps. And that's true. But Okay, so you do it afraid. Yeah, you, you just get over it, you know, or, or, or you don't. You don't have to get over the fear. Uh, no, fear can be just a powerful do it afraid. Thing, but, but fear can, can hold you back. And, um, you know, I just I, I think about how many times I've had to, to step into something unknown. And it, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I wouldn't know if we didn't try. And we can't let we can't let the fears hold us back. I, I actually I swear that there are some people out there. I, I've met people who are afraid of success, 
who have these great ideas, but the fear holds them back. I was talking with somebody else that was on an, another another show uh, recently where we were talking about um, you know people we've known in our lifetime. I, I've, I, I have this one friend who's just just brilliant and kept coming up with these ideas that were ahead of his time, but never did anything about it. And, you know, fear is what held him back because, you know, he felt like he had to fit in a certain role. You know, he'd gone and gotten an education and, and you know, had to work his life on that, in that field. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, a, a, a product would hit big and he would say, well, I thought about that 10 years ago. Uh, said, well, but you uh, didn't do anything about it. You didn't, you didn't yeah. take the leap. You didn't, you didn't go out and, you know, so you can, you can gripe all you want about somebody else having beaten you to it but you, you didn't kind of get over the fear of it fear held you back and you know all good ideas come to multiple people it's just it's a question of how do you get out there and i think passion is one of those things i think sometimes we're really afraid to follow our passion because it's like you said at the very beginning well how do i support my family if i do this how do i how do i make this happen um and and that that can be very very tough yeah and and i think Naturally, we all want to feel safe and the unknown is not safe. Mm-hmm. And some people see it as an adventure. I try to see it as an adventure. You know, the, it, it's always, you get something and so often it's not the way you thought, you know, you're planning on, and then it comes out of left field. Well, if you learn to trust that and, and it does take time and, and I'm a big fan of meditation, it does open that um, world of the unknown and the possibilities to you, which is incredible, but it's not, it's not safe for a lot of people to go there until you, until you come face to face with the fact that you need to trust it because now you've made a decision and you're not in that safe place, but you're, you're trusting something unseen, something invisible, but you're trusting yourself to take a step into the unknown and the universe has an amazing way of showing up as your partner. And I talk about that too in my book. It's an incredible, once you make that commitment, it's, it's an amazing partner. Well, I mean, I I can, I can certainly share from a personal standpoint, but I know a lot of friends as, as well that have had this, that going out and stating your vision to the world, whatever it is, um, look, not everybody's going to buy into it, but those that do are going to help you get there. And, uh, you know, even this year, you know, in a year when, when many in, in my particular field are suffering and looking for work and other things, we're having one of the busiest years yet. And, and why does that happen? Because we, we tell the world what we're trying to do. And, um, you know, even, even with the, the pajama program, look, let's face it, not everybody who hears about that is going to be into giving pajamas for kids. It's just, you know, it's not everybody's thing, but the ones that are get really tied in. So the power of story is so incredibly powerful. Um, It's so incredibly important. And let's use that and leverage it for, uh, for our ability of having the support we need to kind of follow our purpose, follow our passion. But, but if I take one step further back and while we have a few minutes left, um, I do want to explore this kind of piece of listening to, as you describe it, the heart voice, you know, the inner voice, the, that, 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 that place that, that it comes from. Oftentimes we can't get quiet enough to even hear it, let mm-hmm. alone follow it. And I think that, that um, and, and I could be wrong, but I, I think that a lot of people have figured out how to ignore it or even turn it off. Um, what would be, in, in your mind, what would be kind of a, a point of recognition, something, you know, that somebody might say to himself, boy, you know, I didn't realize I turned this thing off and I'm not listening to it. It, it kind of that aha. What would, what would be a way somebody could recognize they've stopped listening to it? I think we know that we ignore that voice inside, that nudge. I think we, we all know that there's, there's joy that comes from spending time with animals that, gee, I, I, you know, you feel that pull. I'd love to spend time and go over to the, to the animal shelter or, you know, I'd love to find out, help more with finding how I can support people who are sick with something that, you know, I, I lost somebody to. I think we all have, we all can say that we've felt a nudge in a direction that we have said to ourselves, I can't now, maybe later, one day, I, I 
I don't believe that that most people can say I have never felt a pull in any direction. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think that most of the people that I've met say honestly, I just haven't gotten to that point. I would love to sing, but I how am I going to start? I'm 50 years old. Never had a lesson. I just love to sing. Who says you have to go and be a rock star? Take a few lessons, sing, join a group and sing. It doesn't mean that you have to change your, your money-making job if, if it doesn't work out that way, but why should you deny yourself and people who want to see you happy and will come to your concert or come to your church and hear you if you can afford to take a lesson every month or, or somehow give that light, bring it out of you. And there's nothing that is too far-fetched or impossible to immerse yourself in for an hour. And I think most people know what that is. If, if just don't be embarrassed to say it. Just yeah, and let's use some of that. We all have we all have time that we find ways to to waste. I mean, you know, there there are you know those those times when you just maybe shut off the world a little bit. But those times can be times when you can dedicate and open your mind up. I I love that quiet time to just be quiet and listen to what's going on, both in and out within me and outside of me, right? And and and, and here and and whether it's through meditation or through other other means, taking that time and pausing and actually asking yourself, and it takes a discipline, asking yourself, what is it that my, whether you use the word inner voice, heart voice, or even gut, what, what, what is it that it's telling me, and how should I, how should I take this into account? I, I think every one of us can benefit, especially in stressful times, to find that time, even if it's just five minutes a day to listen to then redirect that hour a day into something of passion. That can be so, so powerful for us. So Genevieve, thank you for being with us today. Uh, you know, the, the, the stories that you have are so incredibly powerful. Um, love the nonprofit that you're working, you know, working with and, and love what's going on there. Uh, the, the book is, is, is fun and interesting. I, I think everybody should look for it. Passion, uh, sorry, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. It's available on Amazon. Um, we can go to Genevieve's website as well. Genevieve, you know, uh, could, could you just spell it for everybody? Sure. My website's GenevievePeturo.com, G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-P-I-T-U-R-R-O.com. So hopefully everybody got that. You can also find Genevieve if you want to get connected uh, through the radio station website at Voice America. Uh, you can uh, send a note to a listener at transformativeexperts.com. That, that uh, email will come to our producers and to me, and we will make a connection. Or if you've got any comments for the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. Genevieve, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Chris. And thanks to everybody who's listening. Appreciate your being here. And um, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I will uh, be with you again next week. So until then, have a great week. Thank you for joining Chris Elias for this week's edition of Transformative Experts. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a good week. 